When we started No Home Gallery in September 2014, one of our main goals was to incorporate education. I think that art is inherently a tool for education, and I have always wanted No Home to be a place where people can interact with art, interact with each other, and then leave with something new. This is Sammy Delati reporting for the No Home Journal. Talking to Pablo Helguera, you've said before that artists often work from a series of misperceptions about what education is and end up critiquing 19th century education. What do you think people are reacting to? So what I was saying is that it's, it's as if I was doing a critique of impressionism. You know, right, things that, right. are, that are very kind of tried and true and established uh, things that, that in a way are really quite behind us in time. Many things have happened in between. So the kind of critique that uh, or reimagining of educational models that takes place from the artistic practice usually is the traditional idea of education that existed back in the 18th century. We tried to avoid such pitfalls in our investigation. What you are about to hear is a conversation, a discourse, among historical figures who spoke on education and whose thought was influential. You already heard Pablo Helguera, who is an artist and educator based out in New York City and who runs Libreria Donceles, a library that specializes in Spanish language books. Part 1, The Research University. So, are we ready? It's a question we've all been asked, and one we've all tried to answer. It might be a little too simple. There is a danger that vocational education will be interpreted in theory and practice as trade education. Education would then become an instrument of perpetuating unchanged the existing industrial order of society instead of operating as a means of its transformation. This happens to be a point of considerable contention when it comes to higher education. The whole point of the co-op program is you get a job for six months, you go to class for six months, job for six months, class for six months, so on and so forth. You do up to three. I um, met a lot of people and by the end, one of the whose hires, you sole interest oh, was getting a 401k! Salary! And you get this big push for who was STEM super into and accounting? more practical Quote, jobs, practical such as your stereotypical business. I would argue that you could get such considerations from any liberal arts degree. It's strange that it should be this way, that there should be such tension between the idea of education as vocational and as philosophical, because the research university was designed specifically to render such superficial delineations obsolete. The mathematician, the naturalist, the artist, indeed even the philosopher, commonly commence their business without knowing its real nature and without viewing it in its entirety. And indeed, only the few later attain this higher standpoint and this more universal view. In an even worse position, however, is the person who does not choose one field exclusively, but wishes to draw on them all for the benefit of his education. At the bottom of things is a unity of the particular and the holistic. 
The person who pursues a single task will only there learn to conduct his business in its proper spirit and with an awareness of its greater signification. He no longer wants only to prepare knowledge or tools for men's use, but by acquainting himself with a particular, he sees his place in the whole. Certainly money plays a role here. It makes sense in a capitalist society to expect a return on your investment in the form of capital instead of something more amorphous. Imagine freedom from pessimism, distemper, and reactionary thinking. Imagine your love for beauty, for nature, for your coevals reinvigorated. Imagine the satisfaction of your insatiable curiosity. Understanding. Understanding of the things that underlie impressions. Understanding that isn't based on tradition, but is based on things as they actually are in the world. This was something that Plato and the Greeks were after 2,000 years ago. Knowledge to guard against the vapid and the meretricious, because, you know. If a nation expects to be ignorant and free, it expects what never was and never will be. It was basically big picture thinking, and really was all about the freedom that follows from understanding. See human beings as though they were in an underground cave-like dwelling with its entrance, a long one, open to the light across the whole width of the cave. They are in it from childhood with their legs and necks in bonds, so that they are fixed, seen only in front of them, unable because of the bond to turn their heads all the way around. Their light is from a fire burning far above and behind them. Between the fire and the prisoners, there's a road above, along which we see a wall built with partitions, puppet handlers set in front of the human beings and over which they show the puppets. Consider a man who is released and suddenly compelled to stand up to turn his head around, to walk and look up towards the light. At first, he would most easily make out the shadows, and after that, the phantoms of human beings and the other things in water. And from there, he could turn to beholding the things in heaven and heaven itself, more easily at night, looking at the light of the stars and the moon, than by day, looking at the sun and sunlight. Then finally, I suppose, he would be able to make out the sun, not its appearance in water or some alien place, but the sun itself, by itself, in its own region, and see what it's like. So what'll it be? Will your eyes be open?
Many thanks to Pablo Helguera, Ishtiak Aziz, Monica Mercola, and Sheye Olafemehon. Music by Ryan Foo.